course, we've been looking at standards of conduct for Christian workers at Lighthouse Baptist Church. And uh, standards, the basis for standards, we said, is the holiness of God. Uh, standards is not a checklist that we do, per se. It's a um, product of a spirit-filled life, and spirit-filled life is simply a life lived in obedience to the Word of God. It's, the two go hand in hand. Uh, they're like twins. So we've been looking at last week, we looked at uh, church attendance, and tonight we're going to be looking at having a daily time of Bible reading and prayer. And Joshua chapter 1, this is a very familiar verse, says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. And then notice the next phrase, have not I commanded thee? Now, he wasn't commanding good success. He was commanding him to meditate day and night. That thou mayest, the byproduct or the fruit of meditating day and night would be him observing to do all that he was commanded. But the key to this passage is the meditating day and night in the Word of God, in the book of the law. And so um, one of the things that standards is having a daily time of prayer and uh, Bible reading and prayer. And so tonight we'll look at this, the importance of, of uh, devotions, let's say devotions. So let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the time opportunity we have to open your precious word again tonight. I pray you should help me as I, I present this tonight. I pray that you would be glorified and honored and you encourage us and challenge us in our devotion life uh, to please and honor you. We do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I remember reading at one time about a, a uh, young fellow that worked for this farmer and, and the, they were having this discussion about reading the Bible. And the young fellow said, well, you know, he said, I have, a, I have a general knowledge of the Word of God. I don't need to be reading it every day. And they were working in the granary. Many of you probably don't know what a granary is, but I'm very familiar with a granary. I spent a lot of time in there uh, working when I was growing up. But anyway, and they were in the granary, and there was a bushel basket there. And, and um, the old farmer, he didn't really respond. He said, just, just grab that bushel basket, and let's get down to the creek. So they, he took the bushel basket and they went to the creek. He said, when the creek, fill it up. And he, he filled it up and, and the water went right through because there was holes in it. He said, do it again. And it went through it. Do it again. Do it again. He said, now look at the basket. He said, it's clean. He said, yeah, that's what the word of God do for you. Uh, Bible reading and Bible study is very important. And, you know, we do need to read the Bible, but we also need to take some time to study it. Uh, I'm going to go several things. First of all, it is the source of faith. You know, as we read here in, in Joshua chapter 1, he says, This book of law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded 
thee. Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Now this verse doesn't necessarily say, use the word faith. But it does say, be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid. You know what the opposite of being afraid and doubting is? Faith. I heard what preachers years ago say simply this. Faith is simply doubt conquered. It's conquering your doubts. You no, longer, you no longer doubt what God says, you believe it. You no longer doubt what that person says, you believe it. That's faith. And so, was there, was there cause for Joshua to be afraid? <laughs> well, yeah, there was. There was giants in there. And you and I, from the human's perspective, in, as we go through life, have cause, from a human standpoint, we have cause to be afraid. Because there are things that we're going to face in life that are bigger than us. And so we need a strength that's greater than us. A power that's greater than us. And that is the word of God. Joshua was able, he was successful in all that he did because he did meditate day and night in the word of God. And his faith, therefore, overcame all those fears. Faith is simply your doubt conquered. And the word of God is the source of our faith. But the sad thing today is that, and there was a survey done in 2005 uh, of young fundamentalists, quote-unquote, of 35 and under, and 35% admitted they had personal devotions three or fewer times during the past week. Now, this was not just... This was a... A, a group of fundamentalists that were in ministry. D.L. Moody said, there will not be another great revival until Christians get back to the study of the word. You see, time spent in the word of God is vitally important. Think about it. I want you to think about some of the things the Bible says the word of, or the word of God is compared to. Uh, it's compared. It's compared to milk. Hebrews five twelve and thirteen says, "From time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracle of God. It becomes such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. And of course, when a baby is born, you give it milk." So they'll grow. As newborn babes desire sincere milk of the word, they may grow thereby. First Peter 2 2. So the Bible is compared to milk. That's what we start out on. It's also compared to solid food. In 1 Corinthians 3, 1 and 2 he says, Brethren, I could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye yet are ye able. You know, solid food gives physical sustenance, and the Bible gives us spiritual sustenance or nourishment. It's compared to a sword. Again, Hebrews 4 and verse 12, uh, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints and the marrows and discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. You know, the sword, the sword divides things. 
And there it talks about is a discerner of the thoughts. In other words, it, 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 it searches out our thoughts and our intents. It's compared to fire and a hammer. Jeremiah 23, 29 says, Not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rocks in pieces. You know, Jeremiah 20, verse 9, Jeremiah says, The word was in mine heart as a burning fire, and I was weary with forbearing, and I could not stay. You know, it was a fire in his heart. He had put it in there, and it was a fire that needed to be released. You know, you spend enough time in this book, you're going to want to tell somebody about it. It's a mirror. It's compared to a mirror. James chapter 1, verse 23 to 25. If any man be here, the word of not doer, he's like unto man beholding his natural face in a glass, or a mirror. For he beholdeth himself and goes away, straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful here, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deeds. So it's a mirror to our souls. It shows us who we really are. It reveals ourselves. It reveals us to ourselves. It gives an honest uh, evaluation of ourselves. I'm trying to remember who we were talking to about the Bible being honest. And we said, yeah, Moses wrote the first books, five books of the Bible. Moses wrote about him striking the rock and not speaking to it. Now, if you were going to write your life story, would you write that in there? You know, see, the Bible gives us an honest evaluation of, our, of, our, of us. It makes us see ourselves as we really are. You know, and that's good and bad. Or that, I shouldn't say bad. That's, that's positive and negative. You know, it shows we, how, how great sinners we are, and yet it shows how much God loves us. And what we have in Christ. That's a positive thing. It is like seed that is sown that brings forth new life. 1 Peter 1.23, being born again, not a corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. So it's, it's, it's seed that brings forth new life. The word of God is, a, is, it is the Bible is a living book. It has life-giving power. It can change and transform a life. It's, of course, compared to a lamp or a light. Psalm 119, verse 5, The word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Psalm 119, 130 says, The entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. So it gives us understanding into things of life. It gives us direction for life. It reveals things to us that we before was hidden to us. We were putting in a 8 foot long by 68 inch tall, inch thick, double pane window on Tuesday. I'm telling you it was heavy too. It was an inch thick, 8 feet long. Anyway, and Chad said, okay, before we set it in there, let's clean it. So we set it down on a piece of wood, and right here is where it goes in the frame, and, 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 and 
there's not really good lighting in this room yet. They're remodeling his house. And so we cleaned it. He said, well, it, you know, when we set it up there in the sunlight, it's going to show us where we've missed. You know, the light always reveals the blemishes. I remember George, uh, they used to call him George's George, uh, Gorgeous George when he was in the wrestling world. And, and I'm trying to remember, he became evangelist. George Grant. George Grant was a professional wrestler that, be, that got saved and became an evangelist. Anyway, he said when he was a little boy, he grew up, I think, in Texas or Oklahoma. I can't remember where he said. But anyway, he said they, they had a, uh, just a small house out in the country. And he said, he said, when we'd walk in at night, there was one light in the middle of the living, toward the middle of the living room. And, and Dad would have to walk into the house in the dark and, and find his way and turn on that light. And he said he'd turn on the light, he'd watch the rats run. And he said, as a little boy, I would grab hold of his pant leg and follow in there because I wanted to see the rats run when the light came on. He's a little strange, but, you know, he said, he said when I turn the light of the God's word on, the rats are still running. <laughs> it's revealing who the rats are. See, the word of God's like a light. It'll reveal to you what's wrong in your life. And it is something that we ought to desire more than gold. In Psalm 19, <clears throat> Psalm 19, verses 7 through 10. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise is simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Is more to be desired than gold. You know, we ought to desire it more than anything else in life. You know, Proverbs says, buy the truth and sell it not. In other words, there's nothing worth selling the word of God for. Or compromising the word of God for. So it's, it is of great value. And so it ought to be reading the word of God ought to have preeminence in our life. It ought to be something that we give priority to. Proverbs 4.20, my son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Proverbs 7.24, hearken unto me now, therefore, O ye children, attend to the words of my mouth. You know, Solomon would have been a lot better off if he'd have listened to his own advice a little better. But how often could we say that about ourselves? So it should have... Preeminent. We should thirst. As God's children, we should thirst after it. Psalm 42, verses 1 and 2. As the heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. You know, Job said, uh, or, or Psalm 119, verse 31 says, I opened my mouth and panted, for I longed for thy commandments. And Job said in 23, 12, Neither have I gone back from the command of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Of course, as we just saw, the Bible is like food. 
to our spirit. And a man lives from the spirit. You know, the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity. You know, if a man's spirit is right, he can endure almost anything. Job is a classic example of that. His relationship with God was, was good. Therefore, he endured all the trials and the, the, the tribulations that came into his life without cursing God. And can you imagine enduring the things that, I mean, having boils all over your body? Some of you have had bad sunburn on parts of it. Well, imagine it having it from head to toe and scraping yourself and sitting in the ashes. Can't imagine what that'd be like. I had chicken pox one time. Oh, that was bad enough. And so we need, to, we need to make it a priority in our life. Uh, you know, it keeps us. It keeps us from sin. Psalm 119, verse 9. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. Uh, with my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hidden mine heart that I might not sin against thee. I remember... Missionaries. Fred Fuehler was his name. His missionary headed to Germany. I think I've shared this with you before. He told me about a friend he had. It was a missionary in Mexico. And he said, no, one day he just left his wife in Mexico, moved back to North Carolina, and took up with another woman. Divorced his wife. And he said, it kind of scared me when I talked to him about it. He said, he said, Fred, it all started by skipping my devotions. You know, Solomon said it's the little foxes that destroy the vines. You know, we don't start out into some great sin. We take little steps away from God. And that may seem, skipping devotions may seem insignificant. But it ended up insignificant problems for sin. So it keeps us from sin. It teaches us, again, it teaches us the person of God. Second uh, Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So it it shows us who God is and how we can be approved or pleasing to God. Again, that's a daily thing that we have to work at. And and I want you to go over to to John chapter 5. I want to make make an, an important point here as we think about this. John chapter 5 and verse 39 In verse John 5, 39, Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees, and he said, Search the Scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life. 
and they are they which testify of me. Now we know that the Pharisees hated Jesus. But he said, you search the scriptures. Well, who's the scriptures about? (laughs) They're about Jesus. They're about the Christ, the Son of God. That's who they're about. From Old Testament to New. He's the revelation of God. So the scriptures are about him, and they hate him. And so he says, search the scriptures, for in them ye think you have eternal life. You know, they're just like a lot of people today. They use deductive reasoning and measure God by their situations and circumstances and make God fit their mold of what they want instead of evaluating their life in light of God. You know, if you do that, you know, sort of like... um, yeah, what was the uh, uh, Sherlock Holmes? What did he use? He used deductive reasoning to figure out, you know, the, the, the crime, how it how it all came about. What, you know, that may have worked with that, but it doesn't work with God. You know, if you, if you follow that example through the Bible, you could say, whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with all thy might. Then it says, Judas went out and hanged himself. Another verse says, go and do thou likewise. So go hang yourself with all your might. No. Uh, see, deductive reasoning says, you know, look at what is going on, then look at the scriptures trying to get them to match my situation. But inductive reasoning says, look at what God says in his word, then evaluate my life by what God says. See, it starts with the word of God, not with me. See, how often people desire something or they want something, and then they try to make God fit what they want. Church is an afterthought for what I want. Well, the word of God is an afterthought. No, I want to, you know, they, we want to make God fit what we want. No, Jesus says, search the scriptures, for in them ye think. No, it was they thought they had twisted the scriptures, taken them out of context to make them fit what they wanted to suit themselves, and what they were doing was making a God like what they wanted. That's idolatry. And not accepting God for who he is. And so, so it teaches us who God is. That he is, you know, again, we understand that by the word of God, by reading the word of God, we will come to understand that God is holy. You know, he started out in Genesis chapter 2. He started separating darkness from light. Very first chapter of the book. He started separating Light from darkness. Start separating things. God's a separatist. We would say he's a separatist. He's a God of, oh, this is a terrible word I know, but he's a God of judgment. He's judgmental. You know, everybody is. 
They just judge things differently, that's all. See, but when we read the Word of God, we learn that God is holy, God is righteous, and we learn what God is like, and, and by it then we, we, we ought to uh, endeavor to bring our lives into accordance with His will. It, so it teaches us about the person of God and his standard of righteousness. Of course, it provides nourishment for spiritual growth. I mentioned 1 Peter 2, 2, as newborn babes desire the sincere miracle that you may grow thereby. Um, you know, if, if we want to grow in our Christian life, we have to spend time in the Word of God. Look at Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. In a, in a Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Thursday night, midweek service is not enough to sustain a healthy Christian life. We need that. We need, we need you know, the, the scriptures explained to us and expanded to us, and it, that, that in itself will increase our faith. But we need it every day. Just like, well, you know, try eating Sunday morning, Sunday evening, and Thursday night. See how well it goes with you. You know, I could probably do that for a week. It'd do me good, but I don't think I'd want to, I could, I couldn't sustain that very long. Or try drinking. It's the water of the word. Try drinking Sunday and Thursday and see what happens. Well, you'll be dead by the end of the week probably. Um, now, Philippians 2 says, Wherefore, my beloved, verse 12, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So how, how are you going to get something? What's going to work in you and give you the will to do and his good pleasure? It's the word of God. The word of God. Just like the food you put in your body gives you strength to work. It's nourishment for our soul and our spirit. But so we need to be in the Word of God. It also, of course, gives us knowledge of God's will for our life. Uh, Psalm one nineteen verse. 128 says, Therefore I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right, and I hate every false way. So again, it shows us what is the right way. And it shows us what are false ways. And you know the great thing about the Word of God, it gives us, it gives us uh, living testimonies. I mean, if you want a living testimony of somebody doing it right way, look at Hezekiah or Josiah or Moses. And if you want a living testimony of doing things the wrong way, look at Ahab. And if you want a living testimony of doing things the right way and the wrong way, look at Samson. Or look at David. You know, you get them both. Some people, you get them both. You know, if you want a good example of a good godly man, you look at Job, Joseph, Daniel, 
Samuel, you know, they walked with God all their lives. Now, I'm not, they weren't perfect. But we don't have anything really recorded about Joseph doing evil. We don't really have anything recorded about Daniel doing evil. He suffered because of evil, but not of his own sin. You know, he was taken captive, but that wasn't his own doings. But it was a result of the sins of the nation. It also prepares us for battle that we face day and day. Ephesians 10, or Ephesians not, yeah, Ephesians 10. Ephesians 6, 10 through 16 talks about the warfare that we have. We, we face in this life. And it's, it's, it's good spiritual wickedness in high places. And so we need the armor of God. We're told to put on the armor of God. And take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And so we, we need to make it a priority to read the Bible every day. I believe that every Christian ought to read the Bible through every year. That only takes, I think, three chapters a day. I'm trying to remember. You know, the whole thing can be read in 45 to 60 hours, depending on how fast you can read. It doesn't take that much time. Get yourself a Bible reading schedule. But I think also you ought to get... Sometimes you, need, sometimes you maybe need to slow down and you may be reading something the Lord speaks to you, you need to write it down or make note of it. Allow God to search your heart as you read. I'm going to be talking more about this another week, but, but we need to, do need to spend time in the Word of God. We need to allow the Word of God to search our hearts, to show us if there's sin in our life. But then we also need to have a time of prayer. You know, communication with God is allowing God to talk to us, and then we talking to God. And, of course, we, God talks to us through His Word, and we talk to Him through prayer. You know, so we need to communicate, communicate with the Lord just like we communicate with, with people. Uh, because God is a person. So prayer. We need to spend time in prayer. Uh, or, you know, just a couple things about prayer. Prayer is a time to praise and worship God. Now go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. <clears throat> verse 16 says rejoice evermore pray without ceasing in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you quench not the spirit despise not prophesying prove all things hold fast that which is good uh, so we are to rejoice in the Lord be always rejoicing, Philippians tells us that. We all, we, Bible says here to pray without ceasing. You know, prayer is one of those things that we can do anytime. Just about. Um, you can pray while I'm preaching. You can pray while you're having your devotions. Asking God to give you Something from his word for that day. You know, prayer, prayer can be more than just words. It can be you know, unspoken words and attitude of, Lord, just give me something here. Or, or help him. Or, you know, God knows our hearts. 
And the Bible says in Romans 8, the Spirit searches the hearts. Uh, so it, it is time to praise and worship God. We see, you know, it says, so we ought to pray without ceasing. Uh, in everything, give thanks. You know, it ought to be time of thanksgiving. Thanking God for His blessings and His provision for His salvation. Uh, for the, the things that He provides for us. You know, thanksgiving is always the will of God. Always. It's never, it's never wrong to thank God for His blessings. But not only is it so, so time to praise Him and worship Him, you know, the, the, even the model prayer says... Um, um, yeah, now I can't remember how it starts. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thank you, Nathan. Hallowed. So it's, a, it's praise. It's lifting God up. Hallowed means reverent or holy. So you're praising him. So it's, it is a time to praise and worship. But it's also a time to make your requests and your burdens known. You know, Jeremiah 33.3 3 says, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Now, consider the book of the Bible that verse is in, so it's context. Judah is under uh, the chastening hand of God. They are about to be deported to Babylon. Jeremiah is called the weeping prophet. It's a terrible time. And yet he says, God says, call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Can you imagine Jeremiah? He's the guy that was the the bad guy, if you will, that was always saying, you know, could you imagine if, if, if somebody in our country was saying that we just need to give in to the Russians, and they were going around, and they were big, or we just need to, you know, saying something treasonous and terrible. That's really what Jeremiah was looked upon as. He was saying, you need to surrender to the king of Babylon, Zedekiah, because he's going to take this place. They hated him for it. The princes wanted to kill him for it because his words were treasonous to them. But he was telling them the truth. God is going to judge you for your iniquities. And in the midst of that, God told Jeremiah to call unto me and I went to but Jeremiah, the guy who, <laughs> who's, be, who's accused of treason, escapes being carried off to Babylon. He's the one that's delivered. The whole city, the whole nation is taken, but he is delivered. So make, we are to make our requests and our burdens known. God desires to hear. Now, in, in Philippians chapter 4, verses 5 and 6 and 7. Let your moderation be known on all men, the Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God which passeth all understanding. So keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So we're to be careful. The word careful means anxious, or we would say to worry, or to be overly concerned. So God says, through the Apostle Paul here, on the inspiration of the Spirit, 
don't worry for anything. But come to me in prayer with your burdens, with your cares, with your anxieties, and your supplications. So let your requests be known unto God. And notice he says, how? How are we to, both, how are we to make those, come on, in plain English, our worries known? How are we supposed to make them known? With thanksgiving. You know what I think the idea here is? That we're to, we're to cast our care upon him with thanksgiving, knowing that our God will take care of us. With the confidence that he will take care of us. He says, Let the peace of, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So we need to cast, Peter says, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. So God says, you know, bring your burdens. Bring them to me. I'm your father. It's my responsibility to take care of them. Of your needs. He promised to supply all our needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Now, we must not get our needs mixed up with our wants. Or pray asking amiss for our own lusts. But for those things that we need, we're to go to God with. With thanksgiving. Being assured that God will provide and take care of our needs. So we're to make our requests and our burdens known. But we're also to ask God to search our hearts. You know, the psalmist said, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me. Try me. Search me. You know, we ought to ask God to search us. You know, that's really the idea, you know, it, it, it demonstrates our surrender to him. And to show us where we are wrong if there's sin in our life. And, of course, if there is... We need to confess it. You know, even in the model prayer, he said, if, if you, know, we, you know, to forgive us our sins, uh, forgive us our debts, even as he, we forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And of course, he goes on to say, if we don't forgive, if we will not forgive those who have sinned against us, neither will our Heavenly Father forgive us. But, but we need to allow God to examine us, to search our hearts. Um, and see if there be any wicked way in me. You know, this will bring about growth in our life. Asking him for wisdom for our needs, showing, asking him to show us, reveal himself to us, and show us our sin. Um, so, we need to have a time a time. Now, 
I've heard people say, and you need to do it early. First thing in the morning, I think that's best. But, you know, I have talked to other people, some good Christians, and they say, I have my devotions in the evening. I'm just an, I'm a night person. <laughs> Kevin Jones is a night person. Um, but the important thing is we need to make it, it needs to be a priority in our life. You know, if, we wanna, if we want our Christian life to be a success, if we want our life to be a success for God, this is vital. Without, without it, you're cutting off your life, your source of life. It's the Word of God. You know, it is. It is the living Word. Look at look at. And I'll close with this. Look at go to go to First Peter. First Peter. First Peter, chapter one, verse twenty-two. Seeing that ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that ye love one another with pure heart fervently, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof fadeth. But the word of the Lord endureth forever, and this is, this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. You see, we are purified by the word of God. We're born again by the word of God. It gives us life, and it sustains that life. In a real practical way. And so it needs to be a priority. Devotions is our life support. And we need to spend time. We need to communicate with God. Through, through his word and through a time in prayer. Um, it's important. You know, I, I often heard this was traveling some and, and uh, from Christian school administrators for the hook probably test to it. You know, if students were having problems, they'd often go back to were they spending time in the Word of God. Had a man in Maine come to me with having problems. And I said, Are you having devotions? No. I said, I can guarantee you one thing. You're not have assurance and you'll not be successful in your Christian life without the life support, without spending time in the Word of God. Well, I just hate to read. Well, he could read to Uncle Henry. You know, I grant the Bible is not always the easiest thing to read because it hits us where it hurts sometimes. The Bible is brutally honest. It reveals us for who we are. But it is our life support. And so it's, it, is, it is vital that we spend time in his word daily and in prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the time in your word tonight. Thank you for the encouragement that we receive from it. Thank you for the life that it gives us, the strength, the faith, to be victorious 
in our walk in this pilgrimage here on earth. And Father, we thank you for the promises that are contained there and help us just to rest upon them. Help us to cast our care upon you. Again, resting in the promises of God. That we might have the peace of God which passes all understanding. So just encourage us and help us. Help us to be faithful in this area. Their lives might be a success. For you have commanded us. So we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen.